Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Podcast. Let's discuss Alice Cooper. What you are about to hear is deeply disturbing. What was your impression of Alice Cooper? When was there some point where you saw this guy and was like, what is this? Or I was never a huge fan, and I never really studied his catalog. I can't say that I disliked Alice Cooper, so um, you're definitely the expert on this show. My introduction to Alice Cooper was my parents went out for dinner and left me and my sister at home. We were watching the uh, American Music Awards, I believe. It's hosted by Diana Ross and Alice, but he's like in his tuxedo and stuff, no makeup. Then they come back from a commercial break, and Alice is kind of standing behind the podium like Diana Ross starts talking and long story short is Alice Cooper goes ape shit, smashes stuff on the stage, grabs a woman in the audience, tears her dress off, shoots some cops, going berserk and me and my sister were losing our mind. We thought we're seeing a mass murder on TV <laughs> live. Alice, would you like to introduce the next award? This is show business. I mean, it's, this is a live show. We can't... I don't want to do it, really. Huh? I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. 
And then all of a sudden, he starts singing. <laughs> Dry smoke comes up. And I was really confused. I still thought it was real. And normally, me and my sister would go to bed before my parents got home. They got home and we were on the couch holding hands, like scared to death. <laughs> yeah, I was like seven and she was like four. Mm-hmm. So my parents came in and they're like, what's wrong? We just saw this man like kill people and stuff on TV. <laughs> what? Was it on the news? No, it was on the American Music Awards. What? What What happened? I said, this guy went crazy and, and then he sang a song. <laughs> he sang a song? What? Who is this? Alice Cooper? Oh, God. <laughs> it scared me, but it was like riding a roller coaster. Right. Yeah. Ooh, it's not real? That's kind of cool. Yeah. And he had a very old school horror vibe. Right. That was based on humor, irony, campiness, uh, Vincent Price thing. Right, yeah. You know, Michael Jackson used Vincent Price for his thriller record, but Alice did it first. Oh, yeah. I may put forward a slice of personal philosophy. I feel that man has ruled this world as a stumbling, demented child king long enough. And as his empire crumbles, my precious black widow shall rise as his most fitting successor. Alice did all of that first. Alice, exactly. did, Alice did Kiss first. Alice did everything first. <laughs> With that, I started into heavy metal pretty much. What was interesting was that the album I got was uh, Welcome to My Night, which I love and still love. But then after that, for a long time, Alice just kind of floundered. He, you know, he went into this heavy drinking phase. Right. And he really just, it was a hard time finding a direction. And it seemed like people were into the ballads more than the hits. And the ballads were pretty cool, actually. Makes me shiver to the bone It shakes me, babe Just a heartache got caught in my eye And you know I'll never cry How you gonna see me now? Please don't see me ugly, babe Cause I know I let you down You and me ain't no movie star What we are is what we are We share a bed So I didn't really get back to Alice Cooper to like high school and the reason why is because uh, it was my senior year 
And the day before I turned 18, I went in a record store and I bought Alice Cooper's Greatest Hits on a cassette. Just so the next morning when I was going to school, I could blast I'm 18. <laughs> it has schools out so I had the same cassette ready for you know four months later when I of graduated course. yeah well, we got no I always do that kind of thing musically, but I can't really think of any other artist who, on two big days, mm. I had those songs as like the theme of the day. After I kind of started getting back into Alice Cooper, is when he popped up and started doing the shitty 80s. Right. Poison. Believe it or not, I actually liked that song when it came out. Well, you know, I was thinking about us doing an episode on things that we shouldn't like, that we do like. And and, then, and I've got a shit ton of that stuff. See, I want to do one. I want to do <laughs> yeah. one. I thought about doing it today, but I had to really think about it. I, w I would have to really think and, and yeah. take notes and shit. Because, yeah. because Alice Cooper, Poison. Yeah, and I understand what you're saying. That is a bad song. Yeah. That is a bad song that I just kind of like. Well, it, it is a hell of a lot better than most of those songs from that era. It's just when you get to the chorus. Now I'm paying attention to Alice again in the 80s, and it's cheesy. And for you know a handful of albums, it was crap. But all along, even in the, the really wishy-washy years, hmm. I still paid attention. He was almost like my first love of metal. Right. He was not cool during this time. Right. But when you get to college, things that are ironic and cheesy and all that and campy, you kind of like kind of go back to for fun. Right. This is around the time that vinyl is going away and mm -hmm. cassettes are coming in. I mean, um, CDs are coming in. Right. So you could go and pick up albums left and right. Go, I'd see an Alice Cooper album. I never heard of that. Zipper right. Catches Skin. Mm -hmm. I'd listen to it. And it was usually eh, questionable. I went all the way back 
to the very beginning, which is Pretty's for You. Right. Have you ever heard this album? I have not. It's a revelation. First of all, it's more psychedelic than anything else. It's psychedelic in a sort of Zappa, Captain Beefheart kind of way. Okay. And I don't necessarily mean like the excellent musicianship. I'm really talking about the early Zappa and the early Captain Beefheart, where mm. it was more psychedelic. You know, right. like we're only in it for money. Or um, the, the Freak Out album by Frank Zappa is not terribly unlike the first Alice Cooper record. Okay, I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, I'm going to drop in a song called Reflected off of Pretty's For You. Okay. And this is guys were despised and hated right it was just that they were just they were kind of amateurish and Mm -hmm. their show was kind of thrown together and it was just too much for some people they didn't get it right
spot. Then he puts out an album called Easy Action. Mm-hmm. And Refrigerator Heaven is sort of the precursor to Cold Ethel. I'm freezing, I'm frozen, I'm icicle blue. And do you know that song, Cold Apple? No. Well, it's about him going down to his basement and pulling out his frozen dead girlfriend mm-hmm. and making love with her by the refrigerator light. That's it's a where love story. Yeah, it is. It is. It's really warm. That's touching. That is. But it rocks like a motherfucker. <laughs> so I'm going to put that in right here. The first couple albums, they didn't know what they're doing. They really weren't terribly good. It was just that they were so weird. Right. But the thing that ignited them was the chicken incident. Mm-hmm. And almost everybody knows this story. Somebody throws a chicken on stage, and the audience tears it to pieces and throws it back on stage. The next day, I get the call from Zappa saying, "Did you kill the chicken on stage?" And I said, "No." And he says, "Well, don't tell anybody. Everybody loves it." Alice says, and he didn't say this for many years, he said the issue with him that he's really stuck with him now is that when he thinks back, that the first few rows were reserved specifically for handicapped people. And he says there was so much mayhem and stuff going on and just, you know, it was like total chaos. But he goes, I think those people in the front row might have been the ones who killed the chicken. So that was kind of like what got him going. It also started a million urban myths. You can't buy that kind of publicity. Oh, no, you can't. Especially back before the internet and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Then people start paying attention. He puts out my favorite album, which is Love It to Death. Mm-hmm. And Love It to Death still has one foot in the psychedelic world. But it's starting to get into the heavier and more typical Alice sound. Right. And that includes the ballad of Dwight Fry. Mm-hmm. This song is creepy, it's disturbing, but it, it's heavy. It's it's before really I think he became safe.
See, there was this period, as you remember, with Kiss or any of these other bands. Right. They are a little scary. And that, and you had, you had brought that up before, and that made me think of something. Because, But the thing is, that the same thing that intrigued you about Alice Cooper is the stuff that intrigued me about Slayer, King Diamond, Venom. You know, it's stuff like that. It's, it's, the, it's scary, but intriguing. And hell, some of those bands you mentioned didn't seem like that much of a put-on. I mean, to me, Slayer was scary as shit, even at, being older than you. Alice Cooper, it was very campy. He never wanted and never claimed to be high art. Alice Cooper used to be a band. Same like Marilyn Manson. By the time Welcome to My Nightmare comes out, that's actually a solo album. As good as it is and as fun as it is, it really was sort of like the last time is great. Yeah. You know? And that album's really solid. There's some creepy, weird stuff on it. I don't know how familiar you are. I've listened to it. Yeah. But it was a while ago. I, and I wish I knew we were doing Alice Cooper. Because you would have you done a little back. research. Yeah. 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 You get to hear these clips when I drop them in. <laughs> Welcome to My Nightmare is very much like Lou Reed's Berlin album mm. and it's the same producer and has uh the same band almost it's darker in a way than probably most people think of alice cooper This next song is called Steven and it would give me nightmares if I could dream.
by the time I think uh, this album came out, I was like 10. You've heard Only Women Bleed. Mm-hmm. Well, Only Women Bleed is about spousal abuse. Mm-hmm. And I grew up seeing some of that. Right. This is the first time that I can think of that an artist did a song about it from a really, like, I don't know, like a really real kind of gut-wrenching way that you wouldn't think an artist like Alice Cooper would do. But that song, to me, is one of the most emotional songs on that topic. It Mm -hmm. feels very real. Man got his woman to take his seat He got the power, oh She got the need She spends her life through But he's an upper man Feeds him dinner, oh Anything she can She cries alone at night too often He smokes and drinks and don't come home at all Only women bleed Only women bleed Only women bleed Man makes your head gray He's your life's mistake All you're really looking for An even break He lies right at you You know you hate this game Slaps you once in a while And you live in love and pain She cries alone at night too often He smokes and drinks And don't come home at all Only women bleed Only women bleed John Lennon had talked a little bit about that in some of his songs. And then there's this other song on there called The Awakening. Basically about a dude waking up. He's like in his easy chair. He doesn't really kind of remember what's going on. He looks and he has blood all over his hands. He sees the blood leading down the hall. Looking for my wife Following a trail of crimson spots That lead into the night listen to it start to finish it's pretty harrowing yeah it, it definitely has its campy moments but some moments just transcend that but some moments just to me is disturbing as hell well that, that those are the best types of songs when you're when you're in that genre okay especially the horror rock kind of genre 
campiness is is good for it's good for a chuckle, but the songs that stick, the ones you remember, are the ones that are truly frightening. You know, I've talked about that album and I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but that was kind of my mm-hmm. experience with this because I wasn't there from the beginning and I wasn't there all the way through. You know, I was going back and starting to get into things. And like I said, Love It to Death, one of my favorite albums. Probably my second favorite album, I have a friend named Dennis who listens. He would argue that the best album is Killer. And of course, Killer has the book, Constrictor on the cover, which they started using for the tour. This one has a lot of the hits. It has, you know, Under My Wheels and uh, Be My Lover and Desperado. Dead babies. (laughs) Subtle. You know, it it is. The song Killer is amazing.
I really like the song Desperado. If you listen to it, it's a very Jim Morrison-like vocal. I'm a gambler And I'm a runner But you knew that When you laid down I'm a picture of Ugly stories I'm a killer and I'm a clown Step into the street by sundown Step into your last goodbye You're a target just by living Twenty dollars will make you die I'll wear lace And I wear black leather My hands are light Shots are deadly and when it's done Until maybe go to hell, he didn't really use that Cooper vocal all the time. Right, yeah. Sometimes, in fact, a lot of times, he was actually really singing. Yeah. He can sing, or at least he could. I, You know, I haven't heard him not use that voice for so long. Could it be that he started using that voice because he blew out his voice? It totally could, but also because, again, he knew he had a sure thing, and that's kind of what people wanted to hear. Yeah. It, it sort of reminds me like Steven Tyler. 
Steven Tyler, obviously incredible vocalist and everything, but at some point he became kind of a parody of himself, right. and he started doing the same things over and over again and started relying on things. Same thing with Gene Simmons. Earlier in the Kiss records, he kind of sang, yeah. and then probably by Kiss Alive too, everything had to sound like this, right? Because yeah. he's the demon, you yeah, know? yeah. Alice kind of did the same thing, right? I've talked about first handful of albums, mm. and then you get to Killer, and then of course Schools Out. Actually, I, I think it's kind of a weak album. <laughs> schools out which is which is probably one of his strongest songs one of the best songs of all time as yeah. far as i mean rock and roll that's yeah. the song that is a rock and roll a good rock and roll song that's the primary reason for that album and i think that is sort of why it started to head into uh bob bezrin wanting to pull alice aside even though they were still selling records and stuff i think he could kind of see it's only going to go so far then they come up to billion dollar babies is incredible it starts off the song hello hooray but he turns it into this sort of intro to the album the guitars and stuff it reminds you a lot of like great expectations off of kiss destroyer oh okay with that kind of epicness and yeah. you know a little bit of the orchestra and stuff like that i've made a mashup i'm gonna drop in judy collins released a version of the song in 1968 hello hooray let the show begin i'm ready The lights grow dim. We've been ready, ready as the rain to fall, just to fall again. Ready as a man to be born, only to be born again and again and again and again and again. Hello, hooray! Let the lights grow dim. That's coming in a dream Loving every second Every moment Every scream I've been waiting so long To sing my song And I've been waiting so long For another song I've been thinking 
this also has more of the I love the dead right. and sick things, you know, and stuff like that. The song Elected is pulled from the old song Reflected, and it's basically about Alice running for president. The song Billion Dollar Babies, if you listen to it, on the studio version, he's trading vocals back and forth with another vocalist. If I told you to guess who it was, you'd never guess, because he's the person singing is do, doing it very pompousy, kind of big, sort of British, kind of um, campy, arrogant-sounding thing, like almost like Alice Cooper's counterpart. Like hamming it up? Yeah, but... The title track, featuring guest vocals by Donovan, was also a U.S. hit single. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and it's great. <laughs> it's great, and I didn't know that for years. albums of his that had posters and calendars and uh, one of his albums had panties in it Scrambled like eggs 
muscle of love, sold in a cardboard box. Was he starting to become more about the gimmick than the music? Oh, definitely. It did become very much like a Vegas kind of thing. You know, okay. he had dancing beer bottles and people on stage, uh, you know, dressed in costumes. He had dancers on stage. One of those dancers turned out to be his wife, ultimately. Yeah. And they've been married all this time, which is amazing in rock and roll. Yeah. Also, I don't know if you knew this, but he was the son of a preacher. I did not know that. And he's born again Christian, which we talked about once before. Yeah. He's also very conservative. He's a golfer and he owns a hot dog joint. Cooperstown or something, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like it's like a sports bar, but Alice Cooper sports bar, which I, I personally never liked mixing sports and rock and roll. It depends on the rock and roll. Part of my outlet as a kid was that music didn't require any athletic talent, <laughs> <laughs> and that if you were the outcast because you weren't playing sports, you could go listen to Alice Cooper records. And if or you can't hit a ball with a bat, you'd better learn to play a guitar. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> you played sports because kids in your neighborhood played sports, and right. you'd want to play and do stuff. But to me, music was always totally separate because it was always like this is mine you all can own all that but this sports is this thing I do to pass time music was my passion right do you remember and we've I think we've talked about the Sgt. Pepper's movie right yeah and Alice makes cameo in there he does a song because you know because the world but he does it all like Alice Cooper because oh. the world is round he was really kind of not wanting to be Alice Cooper. Right. He was really trying to divorce himself from that. Maybe he was getting disgusted with his own gimmickry. Rock stars who take on these alternative personas, right? they do this. You know, look at Kiss. They almost came out and said, we're ashamed of what we used to be. Now we look so much better with big giant 80s hair, no makeup. And, right. <laughs> and I think Alice went through that. Ozzy Osbourne went through that. Even Marilyn Manson has gone through that. Yeah. Where these guys kind of get tired of living with it. Also, they, you know, you start getting to be 40, 50. Yeah. And then what happens is they usually lose popularity, they lose money, and then all of a sudden they realize, hey, that wasn't so bad. They've kind of realized it's just a, a costume I put on. Right. And that's the difference to me between when I love it and when I don't is when it becomes an outfit and when it becomes their work uniform to go exactly. flip burgers or whatever. It's, to me, it's no different. He would do things like show up on Hollywood Squares mm -hmm. and The Muppet Show. Yeah. The Muppet Show. Hey there, and welcome again to The Muppet Show. Hey, tonight our special guest star is one of the world's most talented but frightening performers, Alice Cooper. Even Prince did The Muppet Show. Did he? R.E.M. did The Muppet Show. And they always take their original songs and change them and put, like, Elmo's name in there or something. Los Lobos was on there, and they did Elmo and the Lavender Moon instead of Kiko Lavender Moon. Okay. This is when he started getting into golf. I know people like golf, and I'm not I'm not trying to bash on people who like it. It's just, I just do not get the whole idea of golf. It's fun. I've only ever played golf. Uh, I actually only ever went on a golf course one time in my life. I went out with my brother, and we were both terrible. The funny thing with, with any kind of sports like that is... 
is yeah. when one person is bad, it's embarrassment. When two people are bad, it's comedy. Oh, yeah. we were hitting them in every direction, including behind us. It oh, was yeah. terrible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, there's a whole. You can't just play golf. It's like you have to have all the stuff and dress a certain way and plaid pants and oh man, I just it's just so to me so uncool. Someday we'll have to get you out on a golf course because because I completely suck at golf. Well, I've been on a golf course before. So, and I'm, I'm assuming that you completely suck at golf? Oh, that's there's no question. If, if there's a ball involved, I suck. <laughs> I hope you leave that in. Oh, I got to, man. I just, you know, I just completely lost my train of thought there. I said that, and we both kind of looked at each other like, um... Thought of so many one-liners, my brain just cramped. <laughs> I guess we move on from here. Yes, we probably should. I, and I have the next perfect thing, which was the album that came out in 1980. It's called Flush the Fashion. Okay. And that was his attempt at New Wave. Ooh. You ever heard Clones? I have not. New Wave. But a cool song. Is it? Yeah, actually Real cool song. So he pulled it off. For one song. Okay. <laughs> album not so much because he actually can write some clever lyrics i mean just the lyrics to 18 to me is so insightful but the humor also um in some of the songs is hilarious it's more subtle in ways that people don't realize having sex with the corpse of a girl out of refrigerator is not very subtle but there'll be little things he'll do in in there little lines he'll say that are really funny that you don't really catch because you're listening to the big picture or the chorus or whatever so when he started bringing in outside writers like poison there's no humor in that song i mean there's nothing a song like poison all that song had was a hook yeah yeah well you know who i believe one of the co-writers on that is is desmond child who wrote i was made for loving you between all of that and then poison coming out it really turned me off for a while because man nobody hates hair metal more than me yeah. There was a time when, when I was a kid where, yeah, hair metal was the thing. I have a little bit of nostalgia for some of that hair metal. Some of the guests on that album include uh, Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, mm-hmm. and then you get Kip Winger. Yeah. And then your old buddy, John Bon Jovi. My buddy. And Richie My Sambora. Buddy. You know, I, I told you I told you that I did see uh, see Bon Jovi in concert. You never let me forget it. Did I tell you the story about how I dated this girl and she loved Alice Cooper? Mm-hmm. And I mean, she had like Dada, which is nobody owns that album and you're a crazy Alice Cooper fan. Right. That's a weird freaking album. <laughs>
guess she didn't know me very well yet. Mm-hmm. She bought us tickets and she got like, you know, third or fourth row Bon Jovi tickets. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, I'm not going to that. And she's like, it's my birthday. I bought these tickets. I, I bought the tickets. You, yes, you're going to go. I'm like, I'm not going. You wouldn't go to a show for me on my birthday? Is it, if, if it's anybody else in Bon Jovi, yeah, I'll go. You know, mm-hmm. I'll go see Barbara Streisand. Whatever, anything. But not Bon Jovi. It just can't happen. I saw Bon Jovi in concert on, in the, the New Jersey tour. Okay, in New Jersey. Okay, and look at what it's done to me. Look, look at, look at me. <laughs> I am but a man, a shell of a man after seeing Bon Jovi. Yeah, you know, dude, I give you a hard time a lot about it with Bon Jovi and everything, but you're all right. You're, you're kind of. <laughs> but this was also the era of Wayne's World, right? And of course, as bad as that movie is. Mm. It is kind of cool, I think, and pretty funny when Wayne and Garth break down into the we're not worthy. Well, we got to get going. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with us. With Alice Cooper. We're not worthy! We're not worthy! We're not During this time period, you have the stupid album covers, the stupid song titles. Crap. Do you remember when he had Kane Roberts, the guitar player? Kane Roberts was that gigantic, muscular, like Hulk Hogan looking dude. Not yeah. not even Hulk Hogan, like incredible Hulk looking dude. Yeah, you, you remember like me this? when I'm angry, yeah. You ever see that dude? Like, yeah, it looked I, I like think I do, I do remember. It looked that. like he was playing a little kid's guitar because he was so, like, he was huge. The dude looked, looked like, like he's molesting that guitar <laughs> rather than playing it. So I checked out for a long time. I would see the records come in the bin and I would look and, you know, I might hear the song, but I wasn't in. Right. And then for some reason, and I don't know how this came to be, but in 2003, put an album out called The Eyes of Alice Cooper. Okay. And it was a cool album. It's not perfect. Right. The production's really rough, but not. He's not trying to be industrial like he had been. Right. Uh, he had put out uh, an album called Dragon Town, an album called Brutal Planet. flirting a little bit with the industrial thing like you know so many of them did he was really trying to find out how do i get back to alice cooper and on this album he did and so that record has some killer songs it totally reawoken my interest in him Detroit sound, right? Stooges, old Nugent stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a song in here called Detroit City, and he name checks Ted Nugent, Bob Seger, you know Iggy Pop. He's like hanging out with Iggy and Ziggy, and then he talks shit about Kid Rock mm-hmm. and the Insane Clown Posse, right? Yeah, you know, and all these guys who were from Detroit coming up. Oh, and Eminem, Eminem, yeah. 
really awesome song called Spirits Rebellious. do this very often every once in a while I'll do it but I wrote him a letter because I was like I know you went through these rough times but this album is for real and you know of course I never heard anything back you said you were gonna call <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say he's gonna call me or anything but I feel like you know he scarred me at such a young age he kind of owes me a phone call he couldn't send me a signed picture you know you're asking a lot really I think you are uh, okay well you know you should travel out to Arizona and go to his hot dog joint that's cool if you ever find yourself in the presence of Alice Cooper I'm call gonna, me yeah I'll, I'll put you on the phone with him so you can berate him for not sending oh I'm not gonna berate him I'm gonna be like I'm not worthy I'm not worthy you're gonna buckle like a belt I have a great dad mm -hmm. but sometimes you're like I wish my dad was Alice Cooper <laughs> I've never said those words <laughs> <laughs> did you did you see the the Office Max commercial uh, where he's in full Alice Cooper regalia and he's pushing a cart with the kid in it and he's picking out school supplies and the kid says you said school was out forever. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> to kind of wrap this up, my daughter's first concert, mm -hmm. Alice Cooper. Really? I took her to see Alice in 2009 at Deepak in Durham. The last thing I talk about is just the band. Okay. Uh, the Alice Cooper band. Dennis Dunaway is a cool bass player. Yeah. Like you go back and listen to those records. You know, the other guys in the band, Neil Smith and Michael Bruce, Glenn Buxton, it was a band, the Alice Cooper Band. Thank you. 
bands are just so much more interesting than solo artists. Right. So anyway, that's all I got to say about Alice Cooper. I just love the guy. He's an American institution. Absolutely. It only can happen in America. And you should plug your band because I was listening to some of the eyeball stuff. And it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's weird, it's but it's good. It's very early stages. But it's cool. But did you see me like kind of rocking out on my theremin? It's cool stuff, man. And you can tell it's all very experimental, but yeah. I like it. We don't really write songs as much as birth them. Yeah. And we've had some really ugly, deformed songs. And we haven't had any pretty ones yet, but some interesting looking ones. You, you'll get there. You'll get oh, yeah, there. yeah. Well, it's, it definitely looked like you guys were experimenting. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're just experimenting and, and making noise and with a nice little groove. And it was it's cool. It's like, all right, this this could become something, you know. Right. You know, Trey put it together and really kind of went into it as this is like an art project. Right. Thanks cool. for checking that out. <laughs> cool stuff. Everybody check out the eyeball site. Cool stuff. And thank you, sir. Really appreciate it because I actually had people saying, hey, man, you're not done, are you? You know, and like really good praise, the kind of praise you want to have. Right. And, you know, just a tiny bit of that goes, goes so yeah. now. All right. Peace out. Peace out. Produced by Donnie Shattuck.